Welcome back to the Casey Adams Show. I am super excited to have not only a good friend on the show today, but someone that I have so much respect and admire over the years of knowing him. And that is the one and only Sebastian Giorgio. Thanks so much for coming on the show, brother. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Casey, and for those nice words. <laughs> of course. So welcome to Blue Wire. I know this is your first time here, so welcome to the studio. Yeah, I'm a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> I'm a little bit overwhelmed. I mean, in all my days YouTubing, I've never seen anything like this. So this is really impressive. It's it's quite the spot. And again, sh shout out to Blue Wire. I always say this when I'm starting the show because they just, they've been incredible to work with. And again, quite the studio. So before we jump into the show, man, it's so great to see you. I know I recently saw you at the fight, Eric's fight. Yep. And it's just, it's so cool to see your journey over the years. I know we've known each other for quite some time since the Arizona days when I lived there. Um, <laughs> yep. I mean, first question is, man, just how are you? I know you, you've, you've done some incredible things over the years since we first met and seeing your growth has been incredible, but business aside, like, how are you? How's life? How's your day? I know we were just catching up at breakfast, but what's good? Dude, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm amazing. I'm amazing. I, I said this when Danny interviewed me not too long ago. Every single month is better than the last, and it's just uh, higher highs. Like I feel like the like the Bitcoin bull run, but it just <laughs> keeps going higher and higher. And I'm actually kind of scared because I'm like, well, everything that goes up has to come down, right? Eventually. So I'm 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 curious, and I ask myself, I'm like, is this this is not sustainable? Like how how much better can things get? And it's just I genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, bottom of my heart, feel very content very happy um very fulfilled by life just i'm full of joy like I, I i can't explain it and it definitely definitely was not always like 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 that for sure um definitely was a, a pretty bad bad experience up until like 20 but yeah it's i figured some stuff out and ever since then it's just been higher highs yeah i, I love that man and you know for the, for the people that are maybe just watching the video and maybe not don't know your story we'll, we'll get into that but i know firsthand from seeing your content from watching interviews you know you're you're in the best shape of your life. You have an incredible relationship. You're building your dream house. Mm -hmm. um, you've hit incredible milestones. And when you talk about, you know, the months are getting better and better and that momentum, like what does that mean to you, right? Because I think in life you have to, you know, you, you understand that there's going to be times that and things that you can't control and you, you must be aware of that. But right now when you think about momentum and building that momentum and, and riding it, how do you think about that? And for, again, for people that may not know kind of why you're thinking that way, I know I just laid out a couple items, but mm -hmm. why do you think things are going so well right now in your life? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. I, I believe that the reason things are going so well is because um, it's it's more so like the fruits of the labor I've put in prior that are, are st that are starting to pay like dividends. Um, so like the hard work that I've put in uh, with business and with everything a year ago and with my relationship and all of that a year ago and with the gym, um, all of that stuff um, takes time. It doesn't happen quick. It's not expedient. So I think that it's starting to pay dividends right now uh, and it's just making me very, very happy. So it's like you plant a tree and it grows and then you have to wait a while and then it starts producing fruit and then you can start eating the fruit and it's amazing and it will keep producing fruit. And it's that kind of vibe. Yeah. I think that's why I it's doing it. well. I just... I feel like I did um, a lot of things well or like right for some time and now it's just starting to pay off and I'm just reaping the, the benefits of it. Yeah. I'd love to hear that, bro. Um, I want to take it back before I, I dive into some, some current questions that I'm so curious about. For the people that may not know, what got you into entrepreneurship? When did you start this journey of someone that wanted more to do more with their life? Where did this journey begin? Because I know when I met you in 2019 to now, it's like you have such a growth mindset that 
you know, isn't just how you started. You've grown over time. But where did this journey begin for you? I mean, um, it began when I was like probably six or seven. Like uh, as long as I can remember, I just it began when when my mom would say no to everything because we had no money. <laughs> I, I could not experience life. There was there was a wall from me experiencing life because of money. Um, and it started then, and I was like, just very, very sick of hearing, we don't have money, Nuave and Bon. Very, very tired of hearing that. And yeah, so like from before I was 10, I was already thinking about how I could make as much money as possible. I was completely obsessed with it. And the entrepreneurship journey actually started when I was about 17, when I had to like finally start making my own choices and I was gonna get sent off to college. Um, and I was like, okay, I, I don't really wanna do this. Like, I wanna try something else. Uh, and that's how I found real estate. And that was my rite of passage into yeah. everything else. Yeah, real estate. Um, but that started when I was about when I was about 17. Yeah. Got it. And, and at 17, what were some of the the initial goals that you had in mind? Because I think I know auditing them now, they're, I'm sure they're way different. But when you first got started, what were some of the the ideas of success to you? <laughs> right. Like how, how have they changed over time, especially with the growth, whether that's financially or mentally or physically? Um, like what was that initial <laughs> goal you were striving for? Yeah. You, you can say money. Is it, was that a number? Was that a, a final destination? Like what were, what was your mindset when you were 17? So, okay. So at first it was, I just want to be able to have money so I can not, so I can live and experience life. And then when I became 17, when I was 17, um, do you ever see those videos on YouTube where it's like tours of like hundred million dollar houses yeah, with like really sure. fancy elevator music? So I, I got really into those <laughs> and I was like, okay, this house, I want this house. And it was a hundred million dollars. So I actually screenshotted my favorite part from this YouTube video. Um, and I had it as the background on my laptop on my computer for years. So I wanted that. So I wanted to drive a Lamborghini and live in Los Angeles and live up in the, in the <laughs> hills. And that's so obviously very materialistic when I was 17. That's what was the goal then. I just wanted to like live the coolest life that like is very obviously fueled by money. That's what I, yeah, yeah for sure. And then I, as I started pursuing money, and getting it, obviously things change and you uh, grow up a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's what it was. Uh, I, such an interesting thought. And I wanted to bring up, you know, I, I was at this movie premiere just the other day. It was, uh, have you heard of Yes Theory, the YouTube channel? Uh -huh. So they have this movie. It was first night premiering in the US. It's called Project Iceman. And I bring it up because I, I wanted to have a conversation with you about just doing the hard things. And this movie, I'm not going to spoil it or, or talk about all the in-depths. Um, it's this guy who is the first person in the world to complete an Ironman on Antarctica. And it is very profound, like the, the journey of training and getting ready for it and being told he can never do that. Like, it's impossible, even from the people that have done, you know, marathons all over the world, Ironmans all over the world. And he ended up doing it. And I wanted to bring that up because at the end of the film, he was there and he said, you know, I want everyone to find their own Iceman. Find that one thing that people are maybe telling you that isn't possible. You'll never be able to do it. And I wanted to ask you, you know, what has been throughout your journey so far, like that Iceman for you, something that someone has said, hey, that's not possible. You will never do that. Did you have that type of energy or, or surrounding, uh, whether that's a limiting belief yourself or from people around you? And how did you overcome that? And push through um okay so i don't i don't particularly have like i guess my ice man yet i mean that's always changing like i'm always finding 
something that I have to do bigger and better. Um, but yeah, in terms of negative energy, um, people were not so much being like negative in a, in a harmful way that where they're like, no, you shouldn't do this or no, you can't or whatever. They were just saying it's like not realistic. It's not a good idea. Like they just had my best interest at heart. And when I say people, I mean like my family, my friends, of course. Um, but yeah, they were just trying to protect me and they're like, hey, this is, it's not normal. It's, it's very unfamiliar for them to hear like, hey, I want to make all this money and go this route because yeah. nobody does that. So when they hear it, it's, it's, it's not familiar and it's scary, right? It's not known. It's yeah. So they're probably like, no, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work out. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think I have like my own Iceman. Like I feel like as, as an entrepreneur, you are constantly changing. Like every six months, something new is happening and you're always wanting to challenge yourself. Like that's the type yeah. of people that we are. Um, so what's, what I'm working towards right now will probably likely be very different six months or a year from now. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And yeah, thinking into the future, right. Is there something right now that I, I've heard you say in, in Danny's interview, you talked about this concept of, you know, I think, I believe I can do anything I set my mind to and like mm -hmm. having that with, with certainty. Is there anything that intimidates you, right? Like, like the, the guy, Anders, who did this Iron Man on Antarctica truly inspired me just to how he thought about it because it's never been done before. It's daunting. It's intimidating. You know, it has a lot of, ups, a lot of risk to it, like yeah. physically in terms of you could die. Mm -hmm. um, so not going there, but is there anything that you are excited about throughout your journey that you are moving towards that intimidates you and why? Well, okay. When you said, is there anything that intimidates you? Yeah, skydiving. I don't <laughs> want to go skydiving. <laughs> okay. I don't know why my girlfriend wants to go skydiving. My friends, people that work with me want to go skydiving. I don't want to go skydiving, guys. Like, I don't I'm on the same page as you. I don't want to <laughs> skydive. I don't want to do it. I, they're like, just say you're scared. I'm scared. I don't want to do it. Like, I'm not going to skydive. Um, but in terms of like bringing it back to entrepreneurship, I think the only thing that intimidates me going forward is um, I'm growing really fast and there's a lot of eyes on me. And, and the thing that's really scary is just the fear of, of um, failure. And I think about this 2% of the time, just to be clear, but this is the only thing I can think of, is just the fear of failing in front of so many people. Um, so it's like, obviously you always have to continue growing and, and doing you know bigger and better things. And, um, and if you fail, it's quite humiliating. And that's a very strong emotion that people don't like to yeah. feel. So um, especially with millions of people watching you and you know like looking at your every move and being very inspired by what you do like it's it's very like okay I gotta get this right like that's yeah the only intimidating part um but bro like at the end of like I said it's like two percent like yeah. I'm kind of weird I'm kind of psychotic <laughs> I'm like I, I don't really care I don't know like but that's the only thing yeah what does because I've heard many different answers to this question like what does failure mean to you right it, it could be financially failing like, there's a lot of things right you could um many different areas of what that word means for you like what is failure in that sense of being intimidated by it mm. failure i guess would be i'm gonna do something i'm gonna attempt to do something i'm gonna try this and putting it out there and then just not not getting the result that you expected or the result that you portrayed to everybody listening um i guess would be failure but it it's never really failure if you don't quit, yeah. right? Like it's, if you just keep going, like it's not really failure. If you're like, okay, that didn't work. I'm going to try again. Okay, that didn't work. I'm going to try again. You know, it's, 
I guess now that I'm thinking about it in that context, like you can't really fail if you just don't give up. And that'd probably be more inspiring because you're going to watch anyway. Like, oh, <laughs> totally. it, didn't, or it didn't work perfectly the first time. That's realistic. Watch him do it again. And then, okay, he did better, but not so much. Okay, watch him do it again. Yeah. No, I think that's super on point. I, I, I get a lot of questions. I get the one simple question that I get all the time is, you know, what have you learned from all the people that you've interviewed? And I always go back to the same answer of they simply never quit and they were just consistent. And if you were just consistent and never quit, like that's, in my eyes, the true answer to success in, in, in whatever avenue of life that you pursue. Um, but switching conversations, Arizona, you're building your dream house. I know you absolutely love real estate. You have these aspirations to build these one-of-one -one buildings all over the world. Where does this drive for real estate come from? How's the process been of building your dream house currently? Um, and just where's your mind on it right now? I know that it must be a super exciting period for you. Yeah, I don't, I don't, dude, I don't know where this drive comes from. Danny said that we were, we were trying to dissect it. And he's like, maybe because you grew up with nothing, when you went into this big grand building, you saw something that like was so overwhelming and it like imprinted on you. <laughs> and I was like, that's very possible. Like I was very overwhelmed. And I was like, this is very great, very grand. Like it's very amazing by uh, just really cool real estate stuff. Um, but yeah, the drive, I don't know where it comes from. I just, I really like visually appealing stuff like i think it's cool especially lights like um <laughs> you guys will see you guys I'm, I'm saying it right now i'm gonna design and build the coolest homes that you guys have ever seen on the entire planet it'll be like a thing and uh georgia residences will be like uh apartments and it'll be condos like it'll be a whole thing you guys will see it and it'll be the, the coolest pieces of real estate on the planet um with lights especially i love lights but i don't i don't know where the drive comes from i just i really like it and in terms of the dream house like like I was telling you at breakfast, um, it's the coolest thing I've ever done. Nothing comes even close. Like not YouTube, nothing. Like no business, no nothing even even comes 10% to as cool of, for me as as going and turning the corner on on that street and seeing and seeing wood and seeing framing for the first time on that house. Um, it was just something I've always had like I've always had a desire to do. I don't know. I'm very very drawn to it. But it will be that. I'm I'm not so I'm not like the best business guy. To be completely honest, I I think that um, in terms of business and strategy and stuff like that, I'm not I'm not very good. I think that's not like um, my calling in life. Um, I, I, I did business and I made money with it, but I really like being an artist, like designing um, architecture and visually appealing stuff. And that's where my heart is for sure. So, yeah, I think people I know that. that. I think people yeah. know that. But <laughs> you guys will start to see, unfortunately, to build really, really cool building it takes it takes a lot of money <laughs> so i had to get money first yeah but we're uh phase two has started <laughs> yeah, I, I love that and at breakfast i know we were talking about you know the completion date of the home and outside of like seeing the wood seeing the foundation for me like thinking about doing that it, it would represent much more than just the house itself like for you what does this process mean to you and what have you learned through it um It, it's it's a good checkpoint in my life and it, and it and it tells me and it shows me that I'm doing well and I'm going in the right direction uh, for sure. Um, I know that I've always wanted to do this ever since I watched those real estate videos on my computer <laughs> in high school and I saved that image. I, I always wanted, when I was watching those videos, I was like, it'd be sick to, to make stuff like that. Um, and seeing just like a very baby, obviously I was looking at $100 million houses that were you know 20,000 square feet. My house is nothing like that, but I know it's the, the first step in that direction. I, I understand that. And I always look back on this house 
and be like, that was like the first one. It's probably going to yeah. be my favorite one. Honestly, <laughs> it probably will be. Um, so I, it, it means a lot. It, it just means that I, I had a desire. I had something in my mind that I wanted to do. And five years later, I'm doing it. Like I'm, I'm taking the first step in that doorway. Um, and it's incredibly empowering for sure. Yeah. I love that. Um, one thing that I did want to bring up, coming off of this Project Iceman story that inspired me, um, have you heard of a guy named James Lawrence by chance? Mm -mm. Or he's known as the Iron Cowboy. You heard of him? Mm -mm. So this guy, I've known about him, but I, I realized that he recently just beat his record. So he initially set this record where he ran 50 Ironmans in 50 days in all 50 states. That's back to back to back to back. And this, I, I listened to this podcast with him with one of my, um, one of my favorite podcasts, the rich Roll podcast. He interviewed him because in 2021, he actually beat that record and he ran 101 Ironmans over the course of 101 days consistently. Just two in each state. He, How did he? No, no, no. It was just, he stayed in his hometown. Okay. So he did same thing like on, you know, you woke up one day, ran, uh, what is it? Swam two point something miles, biked 115 miles, and then ran 26.2 miles a marathon. And we did that for 101 days. And for me, it, it, it really bends my mind in terms of human potential and what's possible. And just really makes you think about, you know, how are we limiting ourselves? And on the way here, because I've been thinking about doing a marathon for a while. I was training for it late last year. I was going to do it in March. Then I hurt my knees when I did a 17 mile run. So I put it on the back burner. And then just recently, I'm doing a half marathon um, on November 6th and I was, I'm training for it. Last weekend, I was just going to do a 10 mile run. I ended up doing a whole half marathon training for this because I was listening to this podcast and it was pushing me. And then this, and I say all this to say that on the way here this morning, I've just kept coming back to this idea of like, when am I going to do this marathon? So I booked and committed to running the Honolulu Marathon on December 11th. Literally booked it like right before I took off this morning coming to Vegas. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to bring this up on the podcast okay. to ask you, you know, when, when's the last time that you've done something um, and committed to something that felt like, wow, like I, I committed to this, but it's going to be a heavy lift. There's going to be a lot of work ahead. And it might have felt, you know, like too heavy in the moment, but you knew you had to grow into someone better, someone more, whether that's in a quick time frame or not. Because I think for me this morning, it's like having that sense of commitment. I already know like, wow, I'm going to grow so much as a human over these next 45 days by committing to this. Is there anything in your life that has happened for you similar or that you've been thinking about doing that maybe you haven't yet that um, you know, just keeps coming back to your mind? Um. No, no specific challenges like that. So do you mean entrepreneurship only? Both. Oh, any, anything. Business, personal, I, I think they go hand in hand. Okay. Well, I'll give you both then, and I'll, I'll just be quick with both of them. Um, from personal first, definitely my girlfriend. Because so I'm 100%, 100% like money back guarantee, satisfaction guarantee, you're going to marry this chick. Um, <laughs> I love that. And so like I know what that means for me, and it means like, okay, this is the, the fork in the life where every decision I make has to be, okay, like I, I have a girlfriend, I have a, I'm in a committed relationship for the rest of my being on this planet, right? So that's definitely one where I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, well, that's yeah. a lot, but yeah. I'm, um, I, I definitely made that decision, I'm committed to it, and that's 
something I'm excited to do. Um, and that's going to be, a, you know, like you said, relationships are work. Um, uh, on the on the business side, I, I recently launched TSO, the Shopify Olympics. Have you heard about that? No. Uh, so I'm giving away 100 grand. Um, to Tell me more. 16 people. So I'm giving wow. away 100 grand to 16 people. All they have to do is start a dropshipping business and generate over $500 in revenue. Um, and as long as they use our link and use some of the um, uh, sign up the form on the on the Shopify Olympics website, they'll be entered to win. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I thought that a ton of people would be joining that. And that was like months of planning. And it actually launched like two weeks ago. Okay. Um, so so 15 people will win $5,000 and they'll be selected at random. And one person will win $25,000. And it's the person that generates the most. So I'm literally paying people to start <laughs> a business and, and make money because my idea is most of the people that watch my channel are very inspired and they're like, I want to do this. This is super cool. And maybe they attempt it and they fail and they're like, okay, this is not working or maybe yeah. it's not for me or whatever. Um, and so this, this is the idea where it's like, okay, really give it a shot. Like, because it's in it, you can win if you make over 500 bucks, you can win yeah. 5,000. And if say like you find a good product and like say you make a lot of money and you're, you make the most out of everybody in the competition, you can make $25,000. Yeah, um, that's epic. Yeah. And we were going to actually give away a quarter million dollars plus extra prizes. So we're going to give away up to $300,000 in prizes over the next 60 days um, if a certain amount of people join the competition. But unfortunately, we did not hit that. So we're sticking with 100K. And that was a big commitment for me because I am um, I had to raise money from sponsors and I had to do that. Um, and that was definitely a lot that it was a lot for sure. Yeah. But yeah, that's on the business side. Okay, no, that makes sense. Speaking of YouTube, um, the YouTube journey, I, I know your content over the years, like, I love it. Seeing the interviews, the the vulnerability that you'll talk about in your videos is something that I admire. And knowing you over the years and how much you've grown and to get to the point where you are willing to share, you know, a portion of your life that you want to share, I think is so cool. And a lot of people can learn from it. Yes, from the content, but even like the ability to and, and the willingness to create the content. So for you, you know, why do you do YouTube? Like, what is it that inspires you to put out content to to be vulnerable with your audience? And where do you see YouTube being a role in your life in the future? That's a good question. Um, again, things change a lot with time. So why I started doing YouTube is not why I'm doing it now. Um, everyone kind of wants to be a YouTuber, I feel like. <laughs> like everyone wants to be famous or like to just have a lot of eyes on them. Um, people like attention, humans like attention. But I, why I do it now, there's two reasons why I do it now. Um, and one has a lot of subcategories. One, because I know I'm helping a lot of people. Um, and that's the more important reason, like just philosophically or whatever. Um, I know that I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big light in, in a dark world. And I'm, I'm telling a lot of people that it's possible. And I'm showing the way for a lot of people. <laughs> um, and I think that's really good. I'm, I'm doing a lot of positive, a lot of positive effects on the world, which is really good. I'm, I'm telling people like, Hey, like you can make money on the internet, you can do this, but more so now I'm changing into like live the best possible life. So, um, pursue things that are not expedient, pursue things that are more fulfilling in life. Um, wife, kids, marriage, not degeneracy, um, re like religion, that kind of stuff. So, and like self-help, be in good shape, like take care of yourself, be capable, um, be a man, like be masculine. Um, so that's kind of where it's going now. And I think that 
that's extremely important for the world. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important. So that's reason number one, which is the more important reason. And reason number two, it's extremely profitable. <laughs> it's very, very profitable, and there's a lot of money in it. And so I'm just going to take advantage of it. I yeah. don't want to do YouTube when I have a family and kids and stuff. I want to completely get off the internet. And that, so that is your goal long-term, yes. like to get off yes. of these platforms in yes. terms of the content creation aspect. Yes, I don't like social media. I already deleted Instagram. I don't have Instagram. Um, you, ever, my, you, my page is open. You can go follow me, but I don't have Instagram. And I really like Why is Instagram. that? Because I know like, I follow you on Twitter, YouTube. And again, you, you have I don't have Twitter tweet. either. <laughs> I go on my computer. When I tweet. Got it. Yeah. So you just aren't spending time consuming. Um, it's not the social content, at least. There's just, there's just nothing. I don't. There's nothing there for me. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't care. Um. The problem is when you get on Instagram, you're gonna get, you're gonna go through a couple stories. You're not gonna even, you're gonna completely zone out. Yeah. Um, and then like you'll go on other apps on your phone. So it's like Instagram is a gateway into like just being on your phone and. And then you go on TikTok. And so like if you just delete that part, it'll cut off all the other distractions that come after Instagram because you're already on your phone. So you're going to check your email and then you're going to check your TikTok and then you're going to check all these other things. And so what you'll notice is if you actually delete Instagram and this happens with every social media, if you delete one app, say you spend 30 minutes a day on this app, if you delete that app, you'll see your phone time go down by like an hour and a half. You're like, wait, yeah. what? How? <laughs> because it's like after you go on Instagram, you go and do all these other things. So if you delete Instagram and you delete Twitter and you delete TikTok, what are you going to go on your phone for? <laughs> like you're going to be on your phone for like 20 minutes a day to answer calls. And if like Snapchat too, but like I removed a bunch of people off Snapchat. So like I only Snapchat like, like my friend, my close friends and my girlfriend. Yeah. Um, so it's like, we're not Snapchatting all day. So it's like my phone time has gone down dramatically. Um, and it's not so much that I want to be more productive because I'm not being productive 24 hours a day. It's just like, I don't want this stuff in my head. I don't, I don't care. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't want to know what everyone is doing all the time. I don't want to know what everyone's up to. Like I just, I just want to be with me and my friends and my girlfriend and my family. Like I don't, I don't want to know what's going on all the time. It's just, I feel like it just it stays in my head. Like it crams <laughs> me. Like I don't know. Um, so that's why I want to delete social media. But also, nothing, nothing. Like I, I can't imagine having a family and, and posting them all over social media. And I'm, this is gonna piss a lot of people off. And I'm gonna say it. I and it. And it I, my family's going to be watching this and there are family members, cousins of mine that are going to see this and they've done this and I'm sorry, but when they post like their freshly born baby, like two minutes old baby on Instagram, I can't help but cringe. Like I don't like it. Uh, and it's like, dude, this is such an important moment in your life. And the first thing you're going to do is just post it so that everyone else can share it with you. And um, why wouldn't you just, just hold on to that moment with your wife? And you're, why wouldn't you just hold on to that and not post it and not share it with the whole world um, and just keep it to yourself? And I'm, I'm speaking from experience because I used to do this when I was like 19 and 20. Um, I used to share every single thing on the Internet. I used to share it all. And it left me feeling very empty. It left me feeling very like like I had nothing left inside because I was putting it all on the Internet. And it's like I understood that and I learned from that. Um, and now I see people doing it and it's just like, I don't like it. I don't like it. So I don't want to do it. And if you want to do it, you do it, but I don't want to yeah. do it. So I want to get completely off social media. I don't want to do YouTube. I don't want to do anything when wow. the time comes. I'm just going to, I'm going to blow up. I'm going to inspire a lot of people. I'm going to make a, a crap ton of money off YouTube. And then I will leave the, the video library there for anyone else to enjoy, but I will very not cool. continue being on there. That's my plan. That is a very 
well thought out plan. Yeah. I, I appreciate you sharing that. A few tangents there. Yeah, but no, we, I, we have I, to get a little controversial. Takes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get a little controversial. <laughs> I, I clipped that in my mind. I'm like, wow, that's <laughs> that's going on. Hot take. <laughs> um, no, I, I think that's so cool. And I, I want to bring that up because I think when, when I hear this from you, I, I can relate that to my own life. Just wanting that sense of clarity and mindfulness, right? Like whatever that means to whoever's watching or listening or yourself. Um, I got to ask you, like, do you spend time meditating when you're alone? Like, what is it with your own thoughts that you um, want to spend all, all of your time with, right? Because I think it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? I think social media can be a great place to inspire you, to stay connected with friends, et cetera. But on the flip side, it's like you're wasting time. You're, you're clogging your own mind. You're, you're suffocating your own thoughts. And yeah. I think hearing your side of it, of just not wanting to be on it at all in this phase of life, and even moving forward with a family. Um, how do you think about mindfulness? How do you remain in a positive state of mind when you know there's a lot of things that are happening in life and, and things that are maybe not always good? Like, How do you remain in a positive or neutral state of mind that allows you to do more and be better? Dude, I think it's just my attitude. Um, I just have an extremely optimistic attitude. Like I don't, I don't really <laughs> like sure. complain. Like when things go wrong, I don't really complain. I'm always like, okay, well, let's find um, the bright side. Let's find like the best in this, or let's figure out a solution. Let's not complain because it's a waste of time. And it's I just a positive. Is, is that innate? Because like for me, I, I I agree with you, and that's how I I believe I I am wired. Like from my mom, my dad, like to think positive about a situation regardless of it, and to think about it that way. Like for you, was that always the case, or was this learned over time? No, it was. It was hardwired into me from from since when I was a kid because there was I had so many negative experiences as a child and I can't focus on negative because it was too painful. There's way too much negative. So the only happiness, the only contentfulness, or the only like positive positivity would come when I would be like, okay, what's the best in this? That's the only happiness I would have. So most of it was negative, and then I'd be like, okay, how do I? find the best in the situation so I can smile, yeah. feel good. And um, that's just what I did as a kid. And that's yep. what I do now. So I love that. Um, I, I want to talk about things that have improved your life. So example, right? I, I wear the aura ring. Love it. This is just something that I, I enjoy the product and I'm very into the, the biometrics. Okay. So I have an eight sleep mattress, which uh, you can control the temperature. You can uh, it tracks your heart rate, like all right. the stuff. And then the O-ring, similar for sleep data. And those are items or, or purchases that I've made that in my eyes have improved my life and have helped me become better. I want to ask you, what is maybe a purchase or an item or just a habit that you have that has dramatically improved your life, let's say within the last year? Um, figuring out, dialing in my sleep was definitely something. So getting a really good bed, uh, getting blackout curtains, uh, sleeping in a cold room and taking magnesium before you go to bed. Those ding, ding, ding. things, yeah. I do magnesium too. Yeah, because you get you get some wild dreams with <laughs> magnesium. I'll tell you that some weird dreams. Um, yeah, so d definitely those products associated with getting better sleep. Um, yeah, I would say that. Um, yeah. yeah. What what like did you have someone that's like, hey, put more emphasis on your sleep, or were you not feeling good? Were you not sleeping good prior to that? Like, were you talking about sleep data? Like, literally, that's I'm so into it. I, like, do you have the aura ring or have you even thought about No, 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 I don't have it. Um, maybe I should check it out, but I don't have it. Um, in terms of did somebody put an emphasis on sleep? No, no, like, I saw a couple podcasts with like 
uh, Andrew Huberman and some yep. people talking about sleep. But yeah, I would wake up and I'd feel really tired and like that just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, why, you know, what, were you not sleeping? Like, why are you waking up tired? Like, it's so funny. It makes no sense. So I was like, okay, I, I think that if I feel better, then I could probably, I would probably be happier and like do more and be more productive. So I, I just started kind of trying to figure out how to sleep better. And, um, and I figured it out. And then like, yeah, you wake up. I remember waking up and like not being tired at all and feeling completely refreshed. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, that's sick. I want to do that more. So I love that. Yeah. Very cool. No, I, I agree. Like the magnesium, like putting emphasis on sleep, it's never been more important to me. So you hearing that come from you, it's yeah. It's a sign, everyone that's watching, focus on your sleep. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and it's it's relatively easy too, just for like if someone wants something to walk away with. Um it's relatively easy, but even I fall short all the time. Like it's like, okay, don't eat three hours before you go to bed so that your body yeah. can fully uh, uh work on repairing itself while you're sleeping. Um don't be around a bunch of lights, especially overhead lights before you go to bed, like yeah. you, you know, a few hours before bed. Don't be on your phone before bed, like use a candlelight. And if you just do that stuff, which is like very easy and very, very effective, but it's just hard to put your phone down before you yeah. go to bed. Like everyone's always on their phone. Um, eating before bed is not too hard, but definitely don't do that. And sleep in a colder environment. And it's like, that's really all you have to do and you'll feel a lot better. Yeah. yeah. What, um, outside of sleeping, when it comes to staying productive, and like setting goals and, and actually sticking to your word. Uh, how have you mastered that over time? And of course we can all be better and, and become better as, as men, as, as humans, but putting an emphasis on doing what you say you're going to do, how is that cultivated in your life over time? And what are the, some of the you know methods of productivity that you use, which I think one of them is not being on social, to not get distracted in this world where there's so much happening and there's so many things trying to steal your attention. Um, yeah, like what's that been for you? I haven't mastered that. I wish that I could say that I have, but I haven't. And I still struggle with that as well. Um, if I didn't have so many people relying on me, like employees and people working alongside of me, um, I probably would be a lot further behind for sure. But that's probably what it is, that I have people relying on me. But in, in all reality, like, I thought I wanted to be a billionaire when I was 17. I don't want to be a billionaire. I probably, I, I mean, I'll be worth $100 million just because, like, the snowball, it's already too big. And it's, like, I have time on my side. Um, but I don't want all this money. Like, I don't. Like, I just want a family. I want to have a house here and here. I want to have an escape plan. I want to have cars. I want to have a good life. I want to have experiences. But I don't want to have a billion dollars. Even a hundred million dollars is too much. Like I said, I know I will get there because I will continue working. Yeah. Um, but I don't care for it, to be honest. Um, there was a point. I forgot your question. <laughs> there was a point, though. Productivity, but I, and, I like this. And why I'm bringing it up. Um, and yeah, so actually, you asked, how did you master being product productive? And, and the answer is I haven't. And I actually struggle with it as sometimes as well. And the only reason I'm, I'm able to keep going, not the only reason, one of the reasons I keep going is um, because I have people relying on me um, in my team, but also my girlfriend and them. Um, but in actuality, I'm I'm making so much money every day right now on autopilot that I don't have to be productive. I can yeah. sit in my bed and I can watch a TV show and not do anything, and I could still make sixty grand yeah. like in a week. And it's like, okay, yeah, <laughs> like I, I, I don't it. like I don't have to be productive. So it's hard. It, it's really hard. Um, because, and here, I'll explain it. Can I, can I like yeah, please. talk more? All right. So I'll explain it. What happens is 
you you have a desire and then you seek it out you seek it out you seek it out you work for your work for and then boom you you hit something you strike gold and your income skyrockets and then you plateau because you reach a new level of of income where you can do things that you couldn't do before um so like as you know i just bought like a new urus and it was like yep. i woke up and i was like okay I'm, I'm making way too much money um i should buy a car and i just <laughs> i bought a car the month before too like a different car yeah. um congrats again by the way thank you i, know you. I said at breakfast but for everyone watching congrats beautiful interior can't wait to, to see it in person one day <laughs> yeah we'll have to go we'll have to go get some coffee and it. it's sick um but i woke up and i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna buy a urus and then like i made a phone call and i bought one and it was like I could that was that was definitely because I, I had an uh, income skyrocket. But now I'm kind of in this plateau stage uh, where I'm just like, I don't really care. Like I couldn't be bothered. Like I'm still working every single day. I have to like I don't have a choice, but I don't feel like it. Like I'm not yeah. like like super, super motivated like I was because I'm just making so, so, so much more money than I was before. Um, and I know that eventually I'm, I'm at this plateau now. I just entered it. I'm going to plateau here and then I'm going to get comfortable. And then eventually I'm going to be like, OK. Like I'm bored. Let's yeah. <laughs> let's go to the next level. So I think that just happens. You go up, you plateau. You go up, you plateau. You go up, you plateau. So yeah, um, no, that makes sense. Yeah, that's just natural. Speaking of plateauing and just getting to points where you know you want it, whatever it be, business relationship to be more. Let's talk about relationships. I know we were having a great conversation at breakfast. I'm in a very committed relationship, as you are. How did you meet your girlfriend? And as you said earlier, with 100% certainty, your future wife, how did you meet her? And how do you think about relationships? Because I think as young men, I'm 22, you're 23, right? It's yep. for all the guys out there or girls, hearing to younger people have so much certainty about their relationship, I think is such a positive reinforcement of not only where society should be, but just the perspective is different. And I'd love to hear from you, you know, how did you meet your girlfriend? And again, like where this thought process came from of your commitment and how other men can cultivate that in their lives. Yeah. And I do want to say something. Um, there's a huge like agenda in like the young male culture, I guess, like college, uh, even on Twitter, where like it's cool for dudes to sleep with a bunch of chicks. Um, Look, I don't think that's that's a good thing to do at all. Like, why are, you should ask yourself why you're trying to sleep with a bunch of like that's just weird. I think that's that's just all that comes from insecurity. Um, like you're like I'm trying to bag as many girls as possible. I think that's peak insecurity. Um, and I think that something way more meaningful and way more important is to find a, a chick that will support you on your mission. Well, first of all, find having a mission, having a, a something that you're going to do in your life, like your life mission as a man. And then finding a chick that is going to hop aboard your train and be like, I'm, I like what this guy's doing. This guy's dope. I'm going to support him. I'm going to pick him up when he's down. I'm going to, you know, cheer him on when he's winning. Like that's way more important. And also having a mission. But those dudes that talk about like, oh, <laughs> like I just met this girl and I bagged her the same day. And that's very common. And I know this is, again, a little bit controversial. That, that comes from peak insecurity. And I fell into that as well when I was like 19. I was like, I need to be with more women like i need to it, like i thought it was sick to like have like a one-night stand and now looking back and i'm like that's just so stupid like that's just so dumb like why that's sex sex is one of the most the most intimate thing that you can do with another human um and and to just do it carelessly while you're 
drunk or like on drugs completely out of your mind just numbed to to, to infinity with a stranger that you just met uh that you it can't possibly mean anything with like it's like why why would you take this this beautiful experience and and do it in this regard like that's degenerate that's disrespectful that's like i don't know it's it's just dumb you can i'm christian so like you can see where it's coming from yeah. uh, and and this is coming from somebody that lived through this phase of I need to sleep with a lot of girls because validation and I think it's cool um, and I need to prove to all my friends and myself that I can do it but I'm telling you that that that's just peak insecurity um, so I don't think that men should do that and I'm here to change that message I'm here to, to say that you shouldn't do that and that you should be very careful with that um, now how I met my girlfriend <laughs> yeah, yeah. How I met my girlfriend is I saw her uh, I, I was on Instagram and I saw like the suggested tab and I saw this chick this profile picture and she had a bunch of mutual Romanian mutuals Romanians are very culty so all of our parents came from they escaped a communist country together so that you know that will yeah. bond people that Absolutely. really will <laughs> so they came here and uh, they had a bunch of kids which is me and all all our friends and so all we mutuals. all know each other yeah we all know each other and stuff there's like thousands of us and uh, I saw that she followed a bunch of Romanian people I was like oh she's Romanian I click on her profile and I saw her and I was like I was like, whoa, I was like, this is the chick. Like, this is her. I found my wife within Instantly. five seconds. Within five seconds, I was like, yep, yep. Wow. This is it, 100%. Well, Which is well, why when you told me your story, I was like, okay, very interesting. Because yeah. you knew your you, you know, you were friends with her for, for months and months. And then you, like, got this attraction to her after that, yeah. that trip that you told me about. And I was like, yeah, it's very different for me. Me, it took five seconds. I was that, like, yep, this is her. <laughs> I knew, like, that. Well, and, when you say you knew, because there's so much in that, when that for a partner, for a business endeavor, like that intuition, what was it that made you feel that way? I, I just, the, I felt the energy through the pictures that I, yeah. I could, I saw her and how she, I just, I just read her energy through her pictures and her and just everything about her. And I was like, this is the chick I'm going to marry. I just knew it. I felt like I, I was in love with her when, from the first second I saw a picture. Of her. So great. She didn't know who I was. And I was like, obviously there's, I want to tell you more to the story cause it's funny. Yeah. I, um, she actually, <laughs> she actually, um, not led me on, but she like, didn't give me anything for three months. Like I tried talking to her and then I got her Snapchat and she didn't give me anything like she didn't compliment me i told you this <laughs> for three months while i was being very flirty and very like hey you know whatever like i want to this and that she didn't give me a single pay me a single compliment and one thing she said was i i um not gonna lie i like you in that shirt like you look good in that shirt like i like your shirt that's a compliment three months yeah. and i remember it like that's how you know it was the yeah, only one it was impactful. I, freaking, I remember it um but yeah for three months i i pursued her and she just didn't give me anything and then i was like okay which was very different because i never really pursued girls like i always kind of kept to myself and if a girl really liked me then i would entertain it if i liked her like i always just kind of did my own thing um so yeah. for her it was very different i was like chasing this girl um and it was weird for me and yeah so three months goes by and then i send her a snapchat and she's like well to be honest I um you know I kind of see you as a friend and I was like nice wow I was like hey why didn't you say that like yeah. <laughs> two months ago you know maybe like come on why did you I was pissed um wow but yeah so I stopped giving her attention and uh and then when I stopped giving her attention she came back and then she started snapping me so I started leaving her on open and then she started snapping me and so I we snapchatted and then um 
I was I did this very quirky thing. So this is kind of funny. I'll tell you the story. Do we have enough time? Yeah, we have another five minutes. Please okay, wait. I'll tell you the story. Um, so I did this thing where she's she's very hard to get. She's very reserved. Romanian girls are like that, and she's been approached by hundreds of Romanian dudes. And so I needed to stand out. I needed to be different. So what I did was when I got her attention again after three months, I was like, okay, look, since we're friends and since you don't want to talk to me all the time, here's what we're going to do. We're going to set up a meeting once a month. And no on way. this meeting, we're going to discuss everything. And she was like, huh, okay. So I was like, what's your email? And I remember I was- <laughs> No, I was, you did not do that. I, I did. I was in Mexico. I was like, what's your email? Or I wasn't in Mexico at this time. Um, I was traveling with John. Um, I was like, what's your email? And she sent it to me. And so I sent her a Google Calendar invite with oh a Zoom gosh. meeting and with a bunch of bullet points. I said, please dress professional. Please be ready to discuss what you did during the last month uh, to discuss your future travel plans to Arizona and then some other like sarcastic quirky oh my stuff. Gosh. And um, so I set That's the meeting so out a month from when I said I was going to do that. And I did. And then um, I thought about it and it was funny. And then we didn't talk. We didn't talk. And then it, you know, the days kept taking down. Um, yeah, barely. Oh and then, and then um, I, like two weeks before, I sent her a reminder. I was like, hey, by the way, we have a meeting in two weeks. <laughs> and then like five days before she texted me, she's like, are you ready for our meeting? And I was like, <laughs> became a thing. I was like, yeah, we're going to do it. And then we met over Zoom. So like, and it was just funny. It was like a joke. But I met her and then I was like, it was kind of like a, I was like the boss and she was like an interviewee. And I was yeah. like, so like, how was, you know, your last month, <laughs> you know, this and that. Like, I see that you have a nice outfit. You look very good, whatever. And it was just funny. Uh, and ever since then, after at the end of that meeting, because she was laughing and she saw my personality and I was laughing and being all like funny and stuff. Um, she's like, she's like, maybe we should do these meetings more often. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, you want my number? Like, you want to FaceTime me? Like, we can have oh, them on man. FaceTime. And then we started FaceTiming more and more. And then eventually I went out and I drove out and I met her. And then it got so very, awesome. very serious. And then now we're dating. So that is such a great story. Looking back on it, she told me, <laughs> she's like, I, she's, she was, okay, this sounds bad. She had a lot of people Snapchatting her, like a lot, like 50. At one point, like hundreds. Wow. Yeah. Um, and she said that that really, really, really stood out because all the guys were saying like, oh, like we're going to get married. Oh, this, they all said the same thing. But that stood out to her, and that is what made her really attracted to me and like want to keep talking to me yeah. because it stood out. So I know we don't have too Being much time. No, I mean that, that's such a unique. There's more to it, but yeah, that's such a unique angle that it, it worked. <laughs> yeah, bro, you got it. <laughs> Very cool. No, that's I love the story. Very great to hear, and and I think just you know as we wrap up here in the next couple minutes, hearing not only your approach but the significance that you place on commitment relationships and how you talk about it on youtube channel i just want to say again like i have so much respect for it and i know everyone that's watching or listening if you haven't already seen sebastian's content make sure you go check it out because how you are speaking about these things in your own way on your channel is phenomenal and i think that you. to your point that you talked about earlier it, it shines a bright light on um on what i believe is uh super important so before we wrap up um i always like to end on not only a positive note but uh, an inspiring note because again this conversation, we'll look back on it in two years, and I know you will have grown so much. Whether yeah. that's the house has grown and For actually sure. you're living there, it'll be great, and we'll, we'll we'll check it out, and we'll we'll circle back then and do another pod someday. But what's your advice to that? I know you mentioned earlier, specifically age twenty year old self. Like, what advice would you would you give to your twenty year old self that's maybe stuck in a bad mindset that you know doesn't have it necessarily figured out, and you're just in that pursuit because 
I think there's a lot of people that may be listening now or in, in two years watching this that may be in that phase. And not to say you have life figured out perfectly, but you've made some incredible steps and leaps to get to where you are. And I think there's so much to learn within that. And we, we covered a fraction of that today. But what advice would you give to that younger self and why? Um, I would say spend time with yourself and try to find out who you are because a lot, there's a lot of noise today, especially like with social media and with everything. And a lot of people are left insecure and left without validation. And I think that people don't have an identity. I think people mirror what other people do in the world. And I think people kind of just like or hate the same things that everyone hate or love the same things that everyone loves and you're left kind of like like nobody. And so I think that as a man, you should find out, you should just spend a lot of time alone and you should try to really think about who you are and what you like and what you don't like and what you want and what you don't want and try to build your life around that uh, and try to take steps in that direction. Otherwise, you're kind of just going to aimlessly walk around and get nowhere in life. And if you're unhappy and you want to be in a good mindset or if you want to be happy, um, you need to think about the things that make you happy or the things that you would like to have, whether it be materialistic or a wife or whatever, or experiences, whatever. You need to think about those things and you think about how to get there um, and you need to create like a, like, a, like a plan, like a goal, and you need to walk in that direction every single day. Um, but more so, just really try to spend a lot of time alone and discover who you are. And definitely get into the gym and do things that are painful and uh, control your own suffering. So make, put, put yourself through suffering, controlled suffering, that's good for you. Um, whether that be doing something that's boring like reading a book or going to the gym and especially going to the gym because it's 20 bucks, 30 bucks a month and you should be doing it yeah. and it's healthy. So um, put yourself in controlled suffering environments um, where you can learn because that's when you do learn who you are is when yep. you suffer um, and try to figure out who you are and what you want and then create a, a plan to go in that direction because so many people are just, I'm speaking from experience, right? Yeah. This is like my advice is is biased because it comes from the lens of my own life and this is what I struggled with so this is why it's my advice it's my advice because I didn't know who I was and I didn't put myself through suffering um, like controlled suffering and I needed to figure that out so that's why I think people should do it if they don't um, so yeah that's that would be that. my advice yeah I love that well Sebastian thank you so much for coming to the show before we wrap up where's the best place where everyone can watch your content stay connected with you and we know now that you're not too active on social in terms of Maybe uh, YouTube, man. watching, but yeah. where can they find you? YouTube. Yeah, go check me out on YouTube. We're going we're gonna to post all sorts of content there. So it's finance content, dropshipping content. I posted a health, my first health video ever where nice. I talked about how I got jacked in six months. I wasn't jacked, but I lost a lot of fat. Um, I have videos planned for masculinity. Um, I have really special guests coming on my channel soon. So YouTube. And Great. if you want to see some cool pictures, you can go on Instagram. But YouTube yeah. is definitely a better place. Awesome. Well, everyone that's watching or listening, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Of course, Sebastian, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having If you me. haven't already subscribed or uh, downloaded the podcast, make sure you do. And I will talk to you guys soon.